0: 1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Palaeologus. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Thank you, everybody, and welcome to the show that we all look forward to tuning into on Sunday mornings, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. And talk about somebody who's wealthy of spirit and likes to share his wisdom with us and make our lives better. Ray Lance of USA Wealth Group. MoneyWise is here.
1: Good morning, Phil. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to MoneyWise. We talk to you every week about how to protect your family and how to protect your money. So early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise.
0: Oh, if only I could. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Boy, I'd go to bed really early every night, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, my gosh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to the show where we're going to give you some good ideas about things that you can do to protect your family and to protect your money. And today our topic is going to be life insurance. Mm -hmm. And, boy, it's a lot more complicated than people realize. And we've got a lot to talk about on that subject. Our guest this morning who's going to help me talk about life insurance is... Peter Lance. Good morning, Peter. Good
2: morning. Good morning, everyone.
1: And uh, thank you for being here, Pete. Gosh, uh, I have a long list of things to talk about today, and life insurance is, I think, something that is probably very much misunderstood by most people. So here's the bottom line of life insurance. Hang
2: on to your seats, folks. We've got life insurance quotations.
1: Well, here's the first one. Susie Orman. If a child, a spouse, a life partner, or a parent depends on you and your income, you need life insurance Yep. because that's what life insurance is really meant to do. It's meant to replace your income if you're not there to provide your income. And for a lot of people, life insurance, I think, is something they don't like to talk about, don't like to think about. We've got so many things we want to talk about today. We're going to talk about the top 30 reasons why you need life insurance, right?
2: I make light of life insurance a lot and long before I did any financial advising, you know, I used to think that life insurance was boring like a lot of you may out there. Life insurance is not boring. There's so many ways that you can use it and I think that it's absolutely the most important financial tool that you can have especially if you have a spouse and or children. It's absolutely the most important thing you can do.
1: Well, life insurance is boring, isn't it? We want life insurance to be boring because we want it to be there. We want it to be predictable. And boy, how boring would it be if you knew you had something to replace your income, if you didn't have income anymore?
2: Right. And a lot of people may or may not want to actually learn the ins and outs of life insurance, but that's sort of where we step in and can help talk to people in plain English about life insurance and explain why it can be exciting, not just necessary and important, you know, with the the tax benefits that you get of it and other other good uses for it.
1: And I suppose sometimes people buy life insurance for the wrong reasons. A gentleman named Willie Ames once said, my wife bought an extra life insurance policy on me. So think about that one for just a minute. But a lot of people have... uh, touch business with life insurance Um, i like this quotation especially fun is like life insurance the older you get the more it costs yes and there's a message there which is if you want to get life insurance you want to get it when pete what time of your life do you want to get life insurance
2: as early as you can and why because the older you get every single year the cost of life insurance goes up at least in today's dollars that's right um there's a Uh, uh, an alternative to that though which is if you have a policy that is 20 years old and you are now 20 years older your insurance if you've got a new policy may actually be less depending on your health and where you are in life right now because overall in general the cost of life insurance has gone down over the past 20 years because of medical advances because people are living longer and a lot more people are quitting smoking and Uh, So there's a number of reasons why the cost of life insurance in general has gone down. Uh, But typically, if you have a policy that you took out 20 years ago, that same policy is going to cost you more now because you're 20 years older.
1: On the other hand, if you are the same age you were 20 years ago and applied for life insurance today, it's going to be cheaper. And the reason is real simple, ladies and gentlemen. We're all living longer. We have longer life expectancy. And there's a good message there, you know, Peter, because... If somebody listening today has an older life insurance policy and maybe they're still paying premiums on it or maybe they have dividends built up in the policy so they don't have to make any payments any longer and they say, great, it's not costing me anything. But if you've got accumulated cash value in an older life insurance policy, and let's say it is 15, 20, 25 years old, there are many, many occasions in which we've taken that and done a tax-free exchange into a brand new policy and gotten a much larger death benefit for somebody. I'll give you an example. I had uh, clients out in, I forgotten whether it was a Sonid or Freetown, but they had uh, a $50,000 and a $75,000 policy, husband and wife, and we doubled the $50,000 policy to $100,000 death benefit, and we doubled the death benefit on the 75000 to $150,000 benefit simply by taking the internal cash that was built up in the policy, and because people are living longer today, we're able to get more coverage simply by trading in the cash value that they had built up in their policy.
2: That was another example of a client of mine, Uh, this is going back probably nine months or so ago, had a client that had a $25,000 death benefit life insurance policy, the cash value was $26,000. In other words, they'd put more money into it than what the actual death benefit was. Of course, it would have paid out the $26,000 because that extra money was in there, but I converted it with a 1035 exchange and to a $50,000 paid-up life insurance policy, so effectively doubling their death benefit.
0: Wow, that's great.
2: It
1: is great. And by the way, a 1035 exchange refers to a section of the Internal Revenue Code which allows you to trade one – older annuity policy for another annuity policy or an older life insurance policy for another insurance policy. Don't make the mistake of just going out and cashing in an old policy because you wanna take the cash out of it. Because if you do, that's a taxable event. So if you take an old policy, let's say it has a a $50,000 death benefit, but now you've got $30,000 of cash value built up in it, and you say, you know what? That's not making a huge amount of interest for me. Well, remember a couple of things. If you've got a $50,000 policy with $30,000 in cash value, the insurance company is really only on the hook now for $20,000, because it's your money that's been built up in this policy. That might be the kind of policy that's useful to take and trade in for a newer, larger policy. You have to have some ability to insure, obviously some health uh, insurance ability. But if you take the cash out and say, you know, I'm just going to cancel it, I could use the $30,000, that represents $30,000 of taxable income, on your income tax return. So for lots of reasons, it might make a lot more sense to do the 1035 exchange that Peter mentioned and uh, put it into a larger policy and create an even bigger benefit for your family, for your Great beneficiary.
0: Nice, Beautiful advice. And
2: uh – I know you do as well, but I talk to people in plain English and explain these things, so it really makes sense. And you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of language out there, and there's a lot of people who might try to tell you something just to sell you something. Um, I'm not like that. I like to tell it in plain English, so you clearly understand what's going on. There's certain policies that I've seen um, being sold as guaranteed renewable uh, for you know a 20-year term policy. Well. Yes, they'll guarantee that it's renewable, but at what cost? So, say you get a policy at sixty, and you're going to be paying a thousand dollars a month for you know uh, a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar term policy. It'd probably be higher than that if you're paying a thousand dollars a month, but I'm just giving an example here. Um, in twenty years, you're still alive. Now you're twenty years older. Now you're eighty. Well, they guaranteed that it would be renewable, but now at what cost? So that same policy, they're going to charge you, you know, ten times as much. Um, possibly even more just to make sure that oh, usually
1: more yeah, yeah it's, usually more it goes up greatly so yeah it's guaranteed renewable but at what cost well we're going to come back to that particular subject in just a couple of minutes when we talk about term insurance specifically so ladies and gentlemen you're listening to MoneyWise, brought to you every week by usa wealth group we are located at 352 fonts corner road in dartmouth uh, exit 12 off the interstate And uh, you can reach us at 508-998-8858, or you can look at our website, usawealthgroup.com. Now, we're talking about life insurance today, and one of the things that we started out discussing this morning is the simple fact, uh, Peter and Phil, that you have to start young or you should start young. It's cheaper. You're healthier. There are lots of good reasons why uh, you want to start young. So here's a quotation, start young. Just because you don't have a family, mortgage, and larger financial obligations doesn't mean that you have to wait to get life insurance. Lock in your rates while you are young and healthier. You can always add more later in life. This is by a gentleman named Ivan Usero who writes uh, articles on life insurance. So what happens if you're a new graduate from college, you have a brand new job, you say, what do I need life insurance for? But maybe you've got some student debt. And maybe your parents signed on those loans for the student debt. And if something happens to you while you're young and you don't anticipate it, but if something happens and you die, guess who gets stuck paying the student loans off? Your parents. So at least you ought to have some insurance that would cover the payoff of the student loans at an absolute minimum. Would you agree with that, Pete?
2: Without a doubt. And I'll tell you that I've seen people in their 20s, Who are doing some type of life insurance planning or retirement planning is honestly about five percent of the population and it's so rare to see somebody i've seen a couple of you know early 20 somethings who are teachers who are maximizing their 403bs and getting small life insurance policies on their own lives and i just look at them with such uh, amazement and you know I, I tell them I say you are doing something that 90-95% of the rest of your peers are not doing and it's wonderful and I commend you for doing it.
1: Mm-hmm. What I'd like to do Peter I know this is a little boring but the topic of life insurance we said is a little boring I want to give you the top 10 reasons or not actually the top 15 reasons why you need life insurance well if it's five. a what?
2: You get a bonus 5.
1: You get a bonus 5? Oh, absolutely So, are you ready? You got your hat? You are holding on to your hat? I'm holding on. Okay. Well, if you have whole life insurance, a universal life insurance that provides cash when it's needed most, we're going to talk about some of the savings features of life insurance and why you can use it as a vehicle for retirement or you can use it as a vehicle for funding a college education. Or if you have children, children need to be protected. So, gentlemen who are listening, if you're listening today and you're a man, let's think about this. You've got a lovely wife at home. You've got a couple of children. You don't have any life insurance. Something happens and you die. What's the first thing your wife's going to do? She's going to go out and find somebody else who has life insurance and who can take care of her. Right, Pete? Sure. (laughs)
2: That's the very first thing. (laughs) No,
1: but seriously, if you have children, you have to take care of children. You have to make sure they're going to be protected, they're going to be educated. If you're married, you ought to have life insurance. Uh, This I mentioned earlier, if your parents have co-signed a loan for you or if your parents might need some support, if you weren't there, maybe you're providing some support right now for an older parent on a regular basis. What happens if you're not there? Well, if you have life insurance, that support can continue. Do you take care of any disabled family members? How will they be provided for if you're not here? Do you have debts to pay off? Do you have a mortgage to pay off? A mortgage is a good example. Uh, I've mentioned this before. It used to be, Peter, when you closed a loan on a house, you bought a house, first thing the bank said is, do you want credit life insurance? And they would offer to sell you life insurance sufficient to pay off the mortgage.
2: And the benefit and the premium would decrease as the years go on, so when the mortgage was paid off, the life insurance was
1: complete. Exactly. they, they, They do have that type of insurance. Yep, decreasing term insurance. So if you have debts right now, think about this, if you were to pass away, wouldn't you want to have something to be able to pay off those debts?
2: Nobody likes to think about life insurance. I mean, you're, you're thinking about your own mortality, but I can't tell you how many people who did not want to talk about it that once they got it done were just so relieved and grateful that they had it done. And nobody wants to die. Nobody expects to die young. young and, you know, life happens, things happen. The people who are, you know, doing right by their spouses and by their children or other people that they care about are, are thinking about this and getting some life insurance done. And it's easier than, than most people think.
1: And the other thing that happens, unfortunately, in life is that people do die unexpectedly. Uh, We see so many situations of this all the time. When you read the obituaries and you see somebody who's very young and you say, gee, I wonder what happened to them. But you see car accidents. There isn't a person listening to the show today that hasn't known somebody who died unexpectedly, very young, very tragically. And did they have insurance or did they not have insurance? Funerals are expensive. Typical funeral, you're probably looking at $10,000. So here's a question to ask. Do you have at least $10,000 of life insurance coverage to cover your funeral if something happens to you? A lot of people don't. So guess who gets to pay for your funeral? Well, first of all, it's gonna be a lot cheaper than you thought. Uh, secondly, it's going to be your family, your kids, who are going to have to come up with the money.
2: I've had many people, including friends, reach out to me saying, you know, my father looks like he's not going to make it. Um, is there any way to get him life insurance to cover the cost of the funeral? And I, I say, unfortunately, no, if he's not going to make it. And, you know, it's obvious that that's going to happen. The life insurance company won't insure him. Um, and if he had just done something five years prior to protect his family... You know it would have made all the difference
1: right but that's a really interesting comment Pete because there are a lot of companies out there and we deal with some of them like Mutual of Omaha and some of the others where you can buy ten thousand or even twenty five thousand dollars of life insurance with no medical exam I, I will tell you that those kinds of policies with no medical exam tend to be more expensive for obvious reasons they're just they ask you two questions Uh, are you currently suffering from Alzheimer's and are you currently hospitalized or do you have cancer? That's it. Mm -hmm. And then you can get life insurance, but you're going to pay a lot more for it than you would if you sat down with you, Peter, or if you sat down with me and talked simply about, let's get some quotations. And every
2: single case is absolutely different. I know nothing is cookie cutter. Every case is a 100 Percent different than than the case just before it, and I know you probably feel the same way, Dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people, you know, who are older, their children are older and self-sufficient. You may only want to make sure that you cover your spouse um, and vice versa for final expense planning. So that's one type of uh, scenario. But if you're a younger couple and you have two or three children who are not in college yet, then that's an entirely different situation. So we look at every single case um,
0: you know, individually and, and very much differently than the, ne- the next one and the one before. How many times do you see on Facebook, GoFundMe? You know, they're asking sure. folks to donate because they just don't have the funds. So if we considered the insurance as a go fund me me (laughs) you know that's what you do you're go funding yourself if
2: you're in your 20s or 30s and you have a child or two or three and you don't have any type of insurance it's really a shame you can get you know a simple term insurance policy that's going to be far less money than whole life insurance and you're going to protect your kids at least um, that's what I tell my clients all the time that have young kids who are not college age yet. I so say protect them until they're at least 24. That way that they should be through college and on their own, at least at that point. Um, I had somebody who I knew, we not going into any details, but this person passed away uh, six months ago or so, 30 years old, completely unexpected, left a child, um, you know, and a wife behind and no insurance. Um, when it could have been something term insurance very inexpensive, very easy to do. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really something to think about. Uh, and what I always recommend is if you want to get insurance term insurance uh, to protect you know, your loved ones until you know beyond your working years or until your kids get to college, uh, get enough to cover the cost of your mortgage, any vehicles that have outstanding loans, any credit card debt, any um, debt that's out there as well as three years of your uh, earnings. So if you're making $75,000 a year, $75,000 times three, plus the uh, cost of the mortgage and any other debt that you have. Interesting.
1: And that's not too much insurance. In some ways, is there's almost uh, no such thing as having too much insurance. Well, we're going down a list of uh, reasons why you should have life insurance. And then we're going to talk about types of life insurance, and we're going to talk about how you should own it, and we're going to talk about some tax features of life insurance as well. But let's continue on this list. I just want to remind everybody that you're listening to The Money Wise Show, brought to you on WBSM every Sunday morning, uh, right after the news at eight o'clock in the morning, and uh, we're located at 1420 a.m. on your radio dial. Please tell your friends about us as well, because our, our mission is really very simple. We, wanna, we don't want to just sit here and talk about us, uh, do we? Be. We want to talk about things that you can do to take care of your family and take care of your money. So our topic today happens to be life insurance. We're going down a list um, of why people should have life insurance. Uh, death shouldn't mean debt, whether it's funeral expenses or things. Um,
2: well, that's a big one. I've seen a lot of people who are struggling with the loss of their spouse or the loss of their mom or their dad, and they're grieving enough, and they're trying to figure out how to pay for the funeral. Mm-hmm.
1: And the funeral home needs to know that right away. It's not just that it's a mercenary business, because it's not. Uh, they have costs and expenses, and they have to pay for the cost of the funeral. So at the
2: very least, you should get that out of the way so your loved ones don't have to deal with grieving for your loss and trying to figure out you know, how to pay for your funeral. Right.
1: And by the way, as long as you are talking about uh, burial insurance or enough insurance to take care of a funeral service and uh, funeral costs, um, if you carry that kind of insurance, uh, the cost of carrying that insurance or having that policy for funeral and burial is generally going to be exempt as an exempt asset if somebody ever has to go into a nursing home. So there's all kinds of good reasons to make sure you carry at least that minimal amount What if you have a business? What if you're in business for yourself? What if you have a partnership with a partner and one of you dies? Can you continue the business? Can you afford to sell the business at that point because you have to pay out the widow of the partner who died, uh, as an example? So there are many, many uses of business buy-sell agreements funded with life insurance policies, and it's a fairly inexpensive way to make sure that If you lose a partner in your business, as an example, uh, the business can continue, and you don't have to worry about selling assets to pay off other family members for the person who died. Uh, Just lots and lots of good reasons. Um, Sometimes people carry life insurance because they want to benefit charities. And um, again, I'm going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. I
2: know you have one good example of that from like 10 years ago.
1: No, it was not 10 years ago. It was more recently than oh, that.
2: So. Um, you know, we talked about all the different uses for life insurance, and there's so many uses, and everyone from, you know, one year old up to, you know, as old as you can uh, obtain life insurance should really look into it and figure out the reason why they should have it. Uh, I have life insurance on all three of my children, mm-hmm. and it's for it's not for us. It's for their college uh, plan. Um Life insurance used as a tool for uh, college is um, very desirable in my mind over other things such as a 529 plan. One of the reasons is that you do not have to report it on your FAFSA form, so your your uh, financial aid form. Financial aid form uh, so you don't have to disclose that you have that uh, cash value built up for your college plan. Uh, another reason is that if your children decide to go and do a trade, uh, instead of going to college. You don't have to do anything with it, but if you want, you can take it out as a loan against the, the uh, policy, uh, whereas with the 529 plan, you have to pay it. You have to use it towards college. Uh, so there's a number of reasons why life insurance can be a very useful tool for college saving.
1: Well, life insurance is not just about the death benefit, is it, Peter? It's also about uh, a, a savings aspect of life insurance, yep. which people uh, typically don't remember and it's also it can help uh, your favorite charity as well. Well, we've talked a little bit about burial and funeral insurance, so I don't want to continue on that particular topic necessarily, but I do want to talk about types of life insurance and who should own it and how is life insurance taxed. And we will um, come back right after a break. I want to f- talk first of all about are life insurance proceeds taxable to anybody and how should you own it. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Money Wise Radio. We're talking about life insurance, and we'll be back right after the break. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Money Wise, brought to you on WBSM every Sunday morning, oh, about five minutes after 8 in the morning. Uh, We're happy to meet with clients and discuss in more detail any of these topics. We're happy to give you reports and things of that nature and we're located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth, exit 12 off of I-95. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. Our goal is to try to help you. Our topic this morning is life insurance, and we're gonna talk now about different types of life insurance, how is life insurance taxed, and uh, welcome back to Peter Lance. Peter is with Lance Family Agency, and um, we're happy to have him with us as a guest this morning. So thank you, Peter. You're welcome.
0: Hi, Phil. Hello, Peter. Is it 95 or 195? <laughs> it's
1: one, You're right. It is 195. <laughs> oh, well, what's a one don't between want to us? to send them to Providence. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that good reminder. Sometimes I get so engrossed in what I'm saying that I don't know what I'm saying. Well, you know, well, what life...
0: You said the first half is so awesome. Good. I learned a lot.
1: Well, we're going to talk about some real specifics so please stay tuned for the second half hour if you're able to ladies and gentlemen uh, a gentleman named paul arroyo once said it is better to have insurance and not need it than to need it and not have it so remember that about insurance That's Any kind about of
2: about the best quote you can have for insurance
1: well unfortunately peter um i know in my career and also in yours we've just seen too many situations in which people just didn't plan ahead enough and just didn't have life insurance to protect their family. And, you know, we've talked about it before. I talked about the gentleman on the vineyard who had significant assets in real estate, buying and selling, fixing up properties, and that was how he made his living. But I also sold him a $1 million term life insurance policy, and he died unexpectedly. Uh, he died uh, younger. I think he was only around sixty when he passed away uh, from ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Nobody can predict that in your future. And when it happened, uh, from the time of diagnosis to the time he passed away, was about three years. Well, during that time, the real estate market crashed, and basically all the properties went away. The only asset the family had left, his wife had a one million dollar life insurance policy. She was extremely grateful.
2: And what was the tax implications of that $1 million? We were discussing that just before the break.
1: Thank you for the reminder. Zero. Wow. Because life insurance proceeds are never taxable as income. So don't think that if you have a $500,000 policy that your family is going to get stuck with $500,000 worth of income. That's simply not the case. Uh, Life insurance was recognized really early in the Internal Revenue Code as being something very important to help families keep the family farm. That's about the time that the Internal Revenue Code came out and life insurance became much more popular. And the government made a policy decision that said, you know, the only way we can help protect the poor widows who are left behind when the farmer dies, and so she doesn't have to go out and sell the farm, is she can have life insurance. So they gave life insurance a unique tax benefit and uh, she could take all the money from the life insurance policy and it wouldn't have to be income. Then she could go out and hire the hired hand and they could run the farm together and have fun. So
2: somebody bought the farm, but they didn't have to sell the farm, so they could got it. continue to run the farm.
1: You Got it. <laughs> Very good, P. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, let's talk about. Um, uh, so we talked about taxes. Now, I will say this if you have a larger estate and you're worth more than a million dollars total, then do remember that the value of life insurance proceeds are includable in your estate for estate tax purposes. Now that's not a problem for most people because for federal purposes we don't worry about it and so unless somebody's worth roughly five and a half million dollars you have an exemption from the federal estate tax. But Massachusetts only has a one million dollar estate tax exemption. So that basically tells us that if you happen to have a larger life insurance policy, you don't want to own it in your own individual name or in your spouse's name. You want to put it in something called an irrevocable life insurance trust. There are lots of interesting things you can do for planning life insurance. You can also give it away to your favorite charity, but you have to be very careful how you do that. There's some special techniques for doing that.
2: One of the things I want to mention without interrupting your thought process right now is that if there's anybody that's out there uh, who has an older life insurance policy that hasn't been looked at in a while, uh, give one of us a call. We'll be happy to meet with you and review it uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, and this is very important, make sure that your beneficiaries are up to date life happens. You know, you may have a falling out with one of your children. Uh, One of your uh, children may have unfortunately passed away. You may have gotten divorced. You may, I mean, just life happens. So we want to make sure that your beneficiaries are up to date and spell out exactly where you want the benefit to go. Uh, And also we can take a look at it and see if there's anything that you could do that's better because again, life insurance has improved as uh, medical advances has improved.
1: You know, I would say the same thing is true for long-term care insurance policies. So let's begin a little discussion, uh, Peter, about different kinds of policies. And I want to talk about long-term care insurance policies because we've helped people do long-term care policies in the past. It's uh, unfortunately really a troubled business and a troubled market right now. And one of the reasons is the insurance companies weren't able to satisfactorily forecast how long people were going to live and they're losing their shirts on long-term care insurance. Put give... your shirt back on, Phil. Yes. Did you hear that? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this article is just really very recently um, called Long-Term Care Insurance, Is It Worth It? And this may sound a little funny because we have people sometimes coming into us saying, should I get long-term care insurance? And in the past we've always always said, Yes, you probably should have long-term care insurance if you can afford it. It's reasonably costly. But right now, unfortunately, it's a disaster. And I'm using that word very carefully. And with apologies to anybody else who's out there who's selling long-term care insurance, it's a real tough bargain today. And I'm going to tell you an exact story in just a minute in my own household but um, long-term care costs have been going up drastically in every part of the company, every part of the country. Uh, more and more companies have exited the long-term care insurance business. Uh, they're losing money on it. I won't say their shirt, but they're losing their money. They're losing money on it. <laughs> so you get me all now tongue you twisted. I
2: just with the shirt
1: off. <laughs> Let me get my words mixed. <laughs> or my words mixed. But. Um, if you're going to get long-term care insurance today, the best bet is to get something that has a life insurance premium rider attached to it, so that if you put money out for long-term care premiums and you don't ever have a claim to use long-term care insurance for a nursing home, um, then you're going to get your money back, your premiums back when, when the person dies.
2: And with that being said, we're not trying to, you know, overcomplicate things, Um there are so many different types of life insurance policies out there. There are so many different types of what's called riders that you can have included in your life insurance policy. Um, I'd just like to further reiterate that what I do, what my father does, is we really spell it all out for you when we're face-to-face with you in plain English so you know what riders we recommend, what riders you know, are right for you, if any, uh, and what type of insurance is right for you, whether it's term... Whether it's whole life, whether it's uh, index universal life, universal life—I mean, there's so many different types—but just to make it simple, so we're not, you know, making your heads too full—is well, the ahead. the bottom line is that there's really term insurance and whole life insurance, and there's whole there's a whole bunch of different types in those categories, but those categories are the two most basic types of insurance and then within them there's different types of policies that we can talk about the term insurance is basically just that it's a term 10 years 15 years 20 years sometimes 30 years Uh, you pay into it it's a much lower cost and when that term expires so does the insurance uh, then on the other side is the whole life, which is more expensive, but it's just that it's whole life. But again, within that category, there's all kinds of other policies like the universal lives and everything else. So in the, the indexed and so in the indexed universal lives and everything else. So I just wanted to try to put some type of clarification on that, that there's really just two basic types of insur- insurance, and then it breaks
1: down further from there. So let's focus on that for just a moment, Pete. Um, what I want to do is just really quickly jump back to long-term care insurance for one minute. I have to tell you an, exa- an actual story. Um, Attorney Tenny Lance, my wife, and your mother has a long-term care insurance policy with John Hancock, I don't usually like to mention names on the air, but I'm going to do it in this instance. Yesterday, literally yesterday, she received a mail, uh, an envelope in the mail from John Hancock, important notice about your long-term care insurance. They are implementing immediately a 23% increase in the premium cost that she has to pay for her long-term care insurance. And the letter goes on to explain their actual costs have gone up 46%, but they're only going to implement half of it right now, and then the other half they're going to implement next year. You're looking at basically a 50% increase in the premium. On the back, they have a checker box thing where you can indicate if you want to make any changes. Do you want to lower the daily amount from roughly 250 a day to $200 a day? Do you want to reduce the term? She has a six-year term. And you can keep the cost the same if you want to reduce the term from six years to three years, or you can cancel it. Or you can pay the additional huge increase in premiums. So I haven't even had a chance to sit down and talk to her about that yet. But at some point, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it to continue it? So Peter mentioned reviewing life insurance policies. I'm also going to suggest this. If you have a long-term care insurance policy, ladies and gentlemen, and you've been faced with similar increases, bring it in, sit down with us, doesn't matter who wrote the policy, we'll be happy to review it for you. And we can talk to you about whether there might be other options that would be better for you and more affordable as alternatives. So long-term care insurance is really in a crisis right now.
2: And by the way, traditional life insurance, whether again it's term or some type of whole life, There are some policies where you could see an increase in premium, but for the most part, once you have signed a contract uh, with any type of traditional whole life or traditional term, um, the premium does not increase. So don't be scared off by that either.
1: Mm. We're not going to take time today to talk about health insurance costs. Um, That's enormous. There's an article in the Boston Globe uh, just recently, um, September 4th of this year, called Not Ready for Retirement. And one of the things it says is a typical typical couple in retirement is going to spend $260,000 during their retirement on medical insurance costs and medical costs. So think about that. Uh, we really need to think about where you're spending your money so let's come back to uh, term insurance versus whole life insurance for a minute, Pete.
2: I've got a new type of insurance product I want to invent. And what create and put into the market. Daycare insurance. What is that, to So if you're a young couple and you're just getting married but you don't have kids yet, but you think you may or may not want to have kids, you pay a premium every month. And then if you end up having kids, it pays for your daycare. Wow.
0: <laughs> not a bad idea.
1: Well, I think in order to do that, they'd have to get to the – the root cause of the problem. <laughs> which would be I estimated pregnancy. the other day that
2: my wife and I have paid between one hundred and thirty-five and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in daycare
1: over between the three kids. It's yep. expensive to have kids. That's it's real, real expensive way. to have kids. <laughs> Buy more insurance. <laughs>
0: you know, they ought to have universal daycare. <laughs> they, they, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter what your age, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I want that. If you like checking in, you just check in. That's it. <laughs> well, let's come back to life insurance because we don't have a huge amount of time to talk. But um, a gentleman named Luis Ortiz Haddock said, "Life insurance is like a parachute. If you don't have it the first time you need it, there is no second chance."
2: That's true. Listen, I've, I've heard of many cases where people don't need the life insurance or the type of insurance that they have, um, and they have it, and everyone lives and everyone's happy and everyone's great. You know, I'm talking about a term policy, I go, I suppose, as an example. Um, but for the most part, it is a Murphy's Law type of thing where if you don't have insurance on something, whether it's your own life or your car or whatever else, yeah. something's bound to happen.
1: Well, life insurance for term insurance is typically for, as the name mentions, five years, 10, 15, 20, 25, maybe even 30 years. And you need to decide which term would you choose. So if you're a 60-year-old person, you may not get a 30-year term policy. Or if you do, it's going to be very expensive because it will take you out to age 90. So the thing you have to remember about term insurance most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, is that term insurance is what we call pure URE insurance. There's no savings feature. There's no bells and whistles. It's the cheapest way you can buy something to insure your life for a very specific period of time. And as Peter mentioned, often it'll say, you know, guaranteed renewable to age 90. Um, but I had a gentleman I just met with who is 62, I think, and he's about to retire. And he said, oh, no, he says, "My, I've got insurance, I, term insurance. I've had it for a long time. Um, it was 100000 for him and 100000 for his wife. And he said, oh no, the insurance salesman told me it was guaranteed all the way up to age 90. I said, well, that might be the case, but how long have you had it? He said, I've had it for 18 years. I said, I think you're gonna find, when you look at the policy, that the premium is not gonna stay the same all the way to age 90. So maybe it will go until a particular age, like for 20 years, and then after that, all of a sudden the cost is gonna go up drastically. So he said, well, let me pull it out. So he pulled it out and looked at it, and I looked at it for about two minutes, and I said, look, here's the chart. First 20 years of this term policy, you're paying $700 a year, whatever the figure was. I said, here's what happens on the next five years. So from um, years 21 through 25, it's going to double to about $1,500 a year. I'm now Surprised look,
2: it was only that much.
1: Well, they did it. It was sort of a graded or gradated radiated whatever, you, whatever the word is increase yeah. and i said here's what happens now when it's 25 years out now the premium is going up to like nine thousand dollars a yeah, year
2: that's, that's sort of more of what i've seen. i
1: said are you going to want to keep the policy at that age and i had another one just recently came in where the people didn't realize they thought it was just an increase in premium and they had actually paid it for two years at this much higher amount And I said I would discontinue this immediately. I would not continue making any more payments on this. You can do much better with a regular life policy. So Do remember term policy is for a term and then the costs are going to go up drastically or it's just going to stop. I had as a supplemental term policy once a a John Hancock policy for 20 years and at the end of the term I just dropped it because my premium was going to quintuple or whatever.
2: But term policies absolutely have their place. As I mentioned before, if you've got young kids, uh, you should have a large term policy. I mean, if you can afford the whole life, absolutely wonderful, but at least get that term policy uh, until your youngest child is, you know, past college age.
1: Yep, exactly. So let's say you've got um, kids that are five years old. Uh, Maybe you can do with a 20-year term certain and say, Gosh, you know, I mean, if you're a young person, 40 years old, uh, you can get a term policy for 20 years for peanuts, probably $50, $60 a month, something like that. Really inexpensive. And if you don't have it, then I'm going to say very bluntly, shame on you if you yeah. don't have it because you're not protecting your family. So term insurance is just that. Um, by the way, um, for your own information, term insurance Only 2% of term insurance policies ever pay out.
2: And and that's a little bit deceiving because, Mm. yes, a lot of people live beyond the term um, policy. Uh, So it's a 20-year term. You get it when you're 60 or 80 and you're still alive, so the term expires. So it didn't pay out. But a lot of people also stop paying the premiums yep. and the policy cancels and other, other people might uh, get a new term policy, and so they cancel the old policy or go from a term to a whole life. So uh, that's the that's the real reason why only 2% pay out. Mm-hmm. But that's why whole life is that much more valuable. But a lot of people do have terms and they change their, their plans with it.
1: Well, the most basic question, I think, to ask uh, anybody listening is, do you need the insurance only for a very specific period of time, or do you want the insurance to absolutely be there when you die? And if you can answer that one question, uh, and sometimes we'll do a combination of both, we'll say, "Well, you need five hundred thousand dollars worth of insurance, so let's do two fifty term for twenty years and do two fifty as permanent insurance."
2: Yeah, I always recommend a combination of both. You know, a larger term and a smaller whole life. Uh, depending on, you know, who can afford what. Again, every th- every case is totally sp- specific. Uh, so if you do have any policies out there already that you would like us to review and give our recommendation on, uh, or if you don't have any and you'd like to talk to me, then uh, you really should reach out and do that. Uh, there's This is sort of a, a cruel joke, but it's something that I've said for years and years and years, um, that term policies, the insurance company is... Um, betting that you were going to outlive the 20-year policy you're betting that you're not going to outlive the 20-year policy right and either way you lose (laughs) i like that did you was that original i came up with that years ago i've only said it a few times here or
1: there but (laughs) i like that all right we're going to have our first quote memorialized for peter lance
2: good but you really don't lose because that that term policy for 20 years protected your family. right? And it's a wonderful thing that you outlived it, and
1: now your children are out of college or at least out on their own. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Well, let's talk about um, how much insurance you should have real quickly. We're gonna come back to this topic only for about a minute because then we wanna talk about indexed and other kinds of permanent insurance. Most important question is, how much income would your survivors need if you weren't a lot around and how long would they need that income for? And so if you have other kinds of assets, you've got maybe Social Security or pensions and things of that nature, uh, maybe you don't need quite as much insurance. I always tell people to buy insurance if you have a reason to buy insurance. Don't just buy it because you want to make somebody rich, but because you want to be able to support somebody. And so... Certainly, as you've yes said, Peter, the rule of thumb might be, maybe you need to replace income for a five-year period or something of that nature. Or maybe you want to figure that if it's a $500,000 policy, as an example, uh, if 5% it's going to generate $25,000 a year, and it'll last for a long time, and that will be enough to supplement other sources of income. Um, but don't assume that you can't afford insurance. And, by the way, it doesn't cost anything, and there aren't any obligations mm-hmm. to sit down with us, give us the particulars, and we can get quotations for you. It's free to get the quotations. Uh, give us a call, by the way, at USA Wealth Group at 508-998-8858. Um, a quick couple of words about insurance. Uh, insurance that builds cash value is called whole life. It can be called universal life. Um, it can be called indexed universal life, in which the amount of money that's being earned is keyed to an index, such as the S&P 500 index, for example. Today, indexed uh, life insurance policies, indexed universal life, are good because they do generate cash, and you can use the cash for education for kids. You can use the cash for retirement purposes. And when you take the money out later, you can take it out by borrowing the money from the insurance company's general account, and it's not gonna be income. It's even better than an IRA in many, many instances. Once again, we can look at that. What do you do if you have a couple, people, uh, couple Peter, that one person is healthy and the other one is not quite so healthy? They want insurance for after they're both gone. Do you ever look at second to die? Second to die. Yeah, second to die it's policy. First to die
2: and second to die. First to die is if you're looking to first protect your spouse. So if you're married and one of you passes away, the benefit goes to the other spouse to continue living in the home or you know pay for the funeral and everything else. Second to die is more of a benefit to protect your children or whoever else you're looking to uh, benefit.
1: So a quick summary of some of the rules. Um, everybody ought to have insurance for burial. If you have a mortgage on a house, you ought to have enough money in life insurance. It could be a term insurance policy to pay off the mortgage if you're not here. You've got a husband and wife, you want it on each of them. So the first person who dies, the surviving spouse can have the house with no mortgage on it. Um, and you want to basically sit down and have somebody help you analyze how much insurance you need and what's it going to cost you.
2: And I've always believed that you cannot have enough life insurance for your loved ones.
1: Well, I'm going to come back with a quote that I started with because I think it's really important. Susie Ormon. if a child, a spouse, a life partner, or a parent depends on you and your income, you need life insurance. Peter, thank you very much for being with us today. It's a complicated subject. Our job is to help you make it simple and easier to understand. Thank you so much for listening to Money Wise every week, ladies and gentlemen.